Decades ago, um, uh, really excellent book. Uh, traces the uh, the dark history of a small uh, Virginia family uh, in the era around World War Two. And what happens to the family? Well, there are two daughters, and then you know, the husband. Um, has an affair uh, the uh, with with a woman uh, Loftus. Uh, uh, the husband has an affair with a woman named Dolly on and off, and the um, the wife uh, Helen is very very like dark negative person who just is just full of hate for her one daughter Peyton, and I guess she sort of loves the other one Maudie, but Maudie is um, and. Uh, like you know, a kid who's uh, who has health problems and then dies young, and over and over there are references to this one time when she blamed the other uh, girl Peyton for pushing her downstairs or something. But like more likely, she just fell, and it's just this really dark uh, tale, uh, and also involves the uh, their their servants, uh, their African American uh, servants, and a you know a. a kind of an old style southern kind of uh, 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 family with, with you know some money and the she has the money but he's the one that's charming and they have a terrible kind of partnership where you know it's not really a partnership and it just dissolves like kind of violently over and over again in different ways and kind of culminates in the wedding where Peyton is marrying a painter from New York and now much is made awkwardly and as alcohol flows more awkwardly about how he's Jewish and other problems though come to the fore like uh, basically that um, Helen has a meltdown and attacks Peyton kind of as usual but they're I guess they had made up like Loftus and Helen had made up and then it got really bad and then 
there's this long stream of consciousness uh, section near the end where Peyton is recounting her last days in New York and uh, uh, her the, the lead up to her uh, untimely death by suicide and a lot of like metaphors about how she feels like she's drowning and all, all these like flashbacks she has and it's a very ornate very uh, very dark gothic you know southern novel I guess wow now is there a character you liked uh, specifically I guess I kind of like Peyton but the the study was more of like um you know the the older uh couple and then you know uh Dolly and the preacher Carrie and other people like that really um but it it it, it had a lot of um a lot a lot of compelling kind of scenes it wasn't maybe filled with too many likable characters but it had a sort of realism to it sounds fantastic William Styron I think wrote a number of notable books but I think this was one of his early ones or his first one Uh, yeah I'm not too familiar with his biography but I do know that Hunter S. Thompson was uh, someone who had uh, he he talked up uh, Styron I think this book specifically like Maybe it was in the letters collection that I remember that, like, n- noting that, uh, maybe he wrote him a letter or, but there was some, there's some note I came up, um, uh, came on to at one point in my readings of Hunter S. Thompson that, that definitely, um, I remember, you know, knowing that he really liked, uh, uh, Styron and I think this book specifically. That's kind of cool to read, you know, the works of, authors that you like and um and read what they like I found a book. Um, I I don't know if you had uh, time to uh, check your text yet, because I actually uh, texted you not too long ago. Um, there's a book called "Our A Quirky Guide to Our Quirky Guide to Seattle." I did see the title. Yeah. Okay, so um, right now it's free on Kindle. I think you got to pay if you want the paperback or whatever. And so I I started reading through it and. Uh, it has some listings of, um, you know, places to eat, uh, bakeries, uh, stuff like that. And, um, I noticed that, uh, one of the places they mentioned was, uh, the Chubacabra. You, you know, uh, the place that's across from Red Mill Burgers and Starbucks there? Is it on Greenwood or Finney? You know what I you know what I mean. I do. Yes. Is it a Mexican restaurant? Uh, it is actually. They serve like uh, it says like burritos and stuff. It looks like 
Yeah, so they have like these uh, these listings where they discuss, you know, what's there, and it's kind of like a like a personal kind of take, but it has some details, and uh, you know, it has a, a rating about the prices. So it basically they rated it, it's on Greenwood apparently sixty seven eleven Greenwood North, and uh, they say you know they give it one dollar like it's reasonable and you can get taco plates it says from 4.95 to 6.95 depending on your choice of filling enchiladas tostadas but uh it, it lists other stuff too it you know it, it discusses dick's drive-in and uh i mean just gives a brief description of that like those are all over you know um so i mean it seems like a pretty useful little you know uh free guidebook yeah, and now they're still selling a paper version of it? Well, I looked, um, when I was looking, uh, at the, uh, uh, Amazon site, it looked like they had, uh, maybe paperback and hardback, and they had, I you know, they had a non-free price. Of course, you know, of course it takes delivery, it takes printing, it's a lot easier to deliver a Kindle book for free, but so yeah, I think right now they had it set like that. I, you know, I think I don't know if it was indie published or what, but you know, you can set your own prices with stuff like that in a, on a lot of those stores. That's really cool. I like that they're giving that um, the digital version for free. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they um, will uh, come out with new versions and then make them free after a little while or or something like that, but. Uh, yeah, um, I like I like what they're what they're doing with this. Uh, Do they have like some credibility? Well, you know, I don't know the here? kind of um, like writers. I don't know too many people in Seattle, so I haven't looked. I didn't look to see if they listed the names of the people and stuff because not knowing too many people around here yet. I uh, I, I don't know what to go on, so I was just kind of more going on like stuff that I'd seen in the wild and places I'd been to and kind of judging against, you know, what's actually just written there. Because, yeah, it's a good question, uh, but probably something a local can answer. Listening to the Pacific Pelican, WS slash sixty four podcast, episode number one forty, and this is um, being recorded on September thirtieth, twenty fourteen, and because uh, it's uh, probably going to come out in October, it is the more or less, it's 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 going to be four years uh, of this podcast, and um, here uh, uh, to uh, celebrate uh, with me is uh, Jessica. Hi. Thank you for being on uh, a majority of the podcast. It's uh, it's always the highlight for the listeners. Uh, 
when when you can be along and uh we love having you your flattery gets you everywhere well you're you know i think i think you're what you're what made this podcast uh really hum uh really go when it uh when it when it does when it did and um you know of course uh we have talked before on the show about our parakeets we're uh we're parakeet owners and so you know like um uh today we had um had them in a new cage with uh new toys and they have a basketball hoop thing they were playing with and bogey really enjoyed playing with it uh and uh yeah he yeah, he and Val are having fun well this is a um web series about uh a woman well she she takes in you know animals to help uh rehab them and then she goes and does these educational programs at schools but uh also uh you, you got to hear about uh where she got uh one of those birds to who everybody is in the house of nugs as time goes on we just want to share our lives with you and tell our story but to start off with we just thought it might be interesting for all of you to learn who all of we are as you join us on our mission so we hope right. you enjoy this very special pilot episode of the house of nugs i see will join us in our journey right nugs yeah that's right Okay, and so you know uh, it, it, it goes on. You see that bird? I mean, he's a he, he's an interesting little bird uh, that it, uh, you know he, he goes around with the one leg and the, like a kind of a like a stubby other leg um, with without a foot. Uh, uh, but he, yeah, I mean, you know, so he's a he, he's a uh, enthusiastic little guy. Um, but I mean, did you hear the numbers they were throwing around? Like hundreds of birds in a in in a house, you yeah, know? Like five hundred. That's a lot of birds. Yeah. yeah um, and they mentioned hoarder. The, I mean, I think it was someone who was basically hoarding like birds, and I guess they. If you have that many of them together, they will start to like um, get their numbers into out of control territory. Like you know, <laughs> I mean, they don't. You know, I mean, like an animal. Yeah, that's a big flock.
Wow. The, uh... There's a, there's a story that involves the family um, of uh, the internet lumberjack. Cut it down. Uh, Robert Chandler, who unfortunately uh, died a few years ago, but um, his son is still around. Uh, the uh, the uh, internet famous Chris Chan. Yes. So, the, um, Chris Chandler uh, started a Kickstarter, and uh, he um, he has a Kickstarter because he wants to buy Legos. Awesome. Hopefully he got the money he wanted. It's, uh, well, the thing is, I saw that a bunch of people, like 20-some people, <laughs> had made donations, uh, right, or, or pledges. The problem is, it, they don't seem to be pledging at a very high rate. Because the number I saw was that he was only up to $45. And he, I mean, he wants he wants to buy $5,000 worth of Legos. Does he have a plan? Uh, I guess so. I guess he's into AutoCAD or he studied that at community college or something. So he has um, kind of a, yeah, like a spec, like a plan for, uh, for what he's going to do. Now... Uh, reading from the page, quote, Please help me make another dream of mine come true. A Lego stud-to-stud replica of my very own CWCville shopping center. Hello? I mean, th- this is the thing. He wants to make a replica of some shit he made up for his own independent self-published comic book. He's going to make a replica of some shit he made up. And I was disappointed to see that the, the video for the Kickstarter um, is just a bad video of him from like about a year ago doing where he did a Lego replica of... I think he did a Lego replica of the high school in a fucking show about Legos. And then he named it after his high school in Virginia where he went. But it's actually just shaped like the the Lego show um, high school. And I mean, maybe people think... I still didn't understand you. You know, it's a there's a there's a whole website uh, dedicated to it. If you can you can read his comics, you can track his uh, his history. People, there's a dedicated uh, community uh, of, of of people. Uh, basically, there is on the internet a, a bunch of trolls.
to the Pacific Pelican US slash sixty four podcast special edition number one forty with me, Dan McKeown, and with uh, Jessica, who always makes the podcast better when she's on it. Thank you for having me.
But we're allowed to have smoke breaks, right? Of course. Uh, the, uh, you know, the, uh, supposed new enemy that they just rolled out in the last few weeks in Syria, the, uh, quote-unquote Corson group, uh, has already been exposed as, uh, dubious. And there's an article in, um, The, uh, Intercept... Uh, so, uh, um, it, it's, a an article by, uh, Glenn Greenwald, and it, it basically goes through how, um, well, the, this is the title, quote, the fake terror threat used to justify bombing Syria. Uh, it, it basically goes into, uh, you know, um, th this, this whole story about the Corson group. Now, of course, there's always going to be Western names for ragtag groups of rebels, fighters, uh, terrorists, and uh, uh, desperados out in the Middle East. It's a poorly understood region, right? Right. And this whole thing is, I mean, yeah, you know, there's there's stuff going on there. But what exactly is America's role? This whole thing is bullshit, you know? Um from like the different terms that people use the conflicting brands like isis or isil uh to the uh new uh groups they just roll out and get the media to just go uh you know go to town talking about all of a sudden and talk about uh, could they be the most dangerous group yet or you know crap like that like and uh you know so it's a pretty good takedown a lot of that nonsense by glenn greenwald and uh Mur Taza Hussein uh, at, at firstlook.org uh, on their intercept site. Now, how did they find out that it was um, a ruse? Well, like a lot of these things, uh, the, the real story is uh, very uh, murky, um, but it, it basically talks about the process of feeding this stuff into the media, um, where CBS News... I uh, had a segment, uh, basically, it, it, it basically started to stretch the scope, um, to the point where didn't, don't you remember hearing if, uh, you know, in the media, they, the last uh, few weeks, they've been talking about vague threats to America and, and it's so baseless and, you know, like, uh, people um there's there's different rebel groups in syria um but uh all this stuff about checking for you know uh explosives and and uh and and adding extra security at times square and stuff it just it's so overblown and um it's just rolled out as uh you know like new york times and cbs just start rolling out this whole story uh and and the reality is like it, it it's it's like they they keep talking of this whole you know airplane attack thing but what you know it, it's it's not it's baseless i think um sometimes i think they report different names or different spellings or things because maybe they are getting different sets of information and that's part of it right like, oh, 
how do we say it and how do we pronounce it and what's the thing and you know there's there's been a couple of those little variation things and i think it's just part of the overall scramble maybe to cover tracks you know mm-hmm. so one one you know somebody sends something and somebody else sends something else and you know they're kind of similar and you know you're getting some reports and stuff but i mean i think you've long felt like the media has been sort of intertwined you know and they've really lost their important position you know i mean we they used to sort of be that in between um that would look out for us more but they're just slaves to advertisers and government and anybody else who will pay their bills That song is Saltwater. Uh, you can find it on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash DJMCloud on my account. Because uh, that's a song that Jessica and I recorded under our Neener imprint a couple years ago. And uh, if you want to uh, see uh, what uh, Jessica has been putting on the web lately, you can uh, check out her website at jessica.com sf3am.com you can check my website at pacificpelican.us and if uh, you want to look at uh, the links to my novel uh, Crossing the Continental Divide a novel about house music you can find the link to that at djmcloud.com slash book
somebody I that she knew was watching what I was doing. And even not just me, but other people around me that are in the same circle or, or know the same now, people in Hollywood. Our and she kind of just was like, oh, that's cool. That's uh, it's a couple days later, and we're still recording, Jessica. October second, yes. twenty fourteen. Uh, still recording a few segments for the podcast. Yeah, we're recording in the morning, which we don't usually do. Right, we're we're we're, we're trying a little a little different uh, setup here, recording the. Um, yeah, so you, you might maybe get a little bit more shock jock out of us this morning. Uh, 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 yeah, um, there uh, is uh, a lot of uh, yakking about the Secret Service and uh, how a guy got into the White House with a knife. Wow. Yeah, like uh, like uh, in the in the East Room with a knife. You, you, you know, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> like. Sounds like the solve to a clue game. Uh-huh. Now, is this was this guy intending to kill or I don't intending know what he to was prove to do. I could get in? Okay. So the Secret Service were slacking. The, the guy apparently like jumped over a fence, ran through uh, the lawn, and and then inside, and then turned in like got into like i guess i don't know like the east room or something right and in order to get there through there he walked by a staircase that goes up to the uh um uh president's uh residence area oh wow okay and um yeah they're they've been making a a really big uh thing out of it and uh you know i mean in the media uh now there were also there have been some other Secret Service lapses, and uh, I don't know this one. I guess though, it's gotten a lot of headlines, and I think they lied about it too. They said he he was stopped and you know at the door of the White House, but it turns out he got a lot further in. So for whatever reason, they're also you know lying and covering up. I guess they were they were kind of at a point where you know they're they were trying to. Uh, uh, you know, cover their asses. So then the, um, the director of the Secret Service went in front of Congress and was like, you know, harangued. And now I think that she was, uh, uh, what do you call it? You know, um, uh, she she was forced to resign. So the Rachel Maddow show with a guest host has this like long segment about it. And again, the person who was brought in for that job was a Secret Service lifer with three decades of experience with the agency. Someone who had served on the protective detail for President George H.W. Bush. Julia Pearson was her name. She became the first female director ever of the Secret Service. It was her job, it was going to be her job, to restore confidence in that agency after that incident in Columbia. She officially took the job in March of last year, but as we've been learning in these past few weeks, that hardly put an end to the Secret Service's troubles. Seems that every day now, every hour even, it brings with it a new troubling revelation. But what we already know about the Secret Service now is worrisome enough. On September 11th this year, a man wearing a cartoon Pikachu hat and carrying a stuffed doll of the Pokemon character hopped the White House's north fence. And luckily, he was stopped quickly by Secret Service. But then, a week later, Secret Service agents allowed an armed man with a criminal record to ride in an elevator with the president. Apparently, the man aroused the agent's concerns when he wouldn't stop taking video of the president, despite being instructed by agents not to do so. United it wasn't States until after that incident that the agents realized the man actually had 
a gun on him in the elevator with the president. A gun. Just three days after that, another man jumped the White House fence. And this time, he made it all the way into the White House. And it turned out he was armed with a knife. Now, there were initial reports when that happened that he only made it to the portico of the White House. Those reports were wrong. He made it all the way into the White House. He made it through the unlocked front door. He made it into the White House where he ran freely past a staircase leading to the private quarters of the president and his family. All well, so, I mean, I don't know. There's the, there, They go on about the political implications and everything. Uh, but, I, you know, it's just another sign that, you know, basically America is a slipshod two-bit uh, con job. It, it, I mean, it, it's, it, it's this country is a joke. It's it's not like, and, and I mean, I don't mean that the people of this country are a joke or, you know, um, that the there's a lot of great possibilities but what i mean is that like the executive leadership the um the establishment and the the regime you know is a joke it's it's a, it's a you know what i mean it's it's a two bit half assed you know laughable you know attempt at uh, an executive i mean do you, do you hear all those things that that were that were allowed to go on yeah I mean, they, you know what I mean? Like, like Hollywood works really hard to build this image of the, the fucking Secret Service. Like, it's something to, like, f- you know, fear and, uh, you know, uh, the people, you know, like that, 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 that stupid uh, Clint Eastwood movie with the, with John Malkovich. Remember he, remember how, how, like, okay, it's called In the Line of Fire. Classic, like, stupid old movie. Like, um, I saw I saw some of it a couple years ago, and of course those movies from that era uh, don't hold up well. But like, and of course like Clint Eastwood, I mean he's so wooden. Like I guess when I was younger, I thought it was you know what I mean. I I guess I was like I was more taken in by it. But like the like they tried to make uh, the the wannabe assassin a really strange dark figure. But the problem is this John Malkovich and. <laughs> He's just being yeah. strange. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this is the kind of guy that if they found him, they'd probably send him to a community um, psychiatric center rather than, like, uh, you know, be really... It's it's just a... I don't know. Um, but, but uh, you know what I mean? Like, they take this so seriously about, you know, all this, you know, talk, you know, about protecting the president. People people internalize it people like believe that shit i'm just saying don't believe that shit you know i mean it's like uh basically um the secret service uh, motto is i don't care what fuck <laughs> you got say no 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 to drugs i want Son of a bitch. No, 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 no drugs. Bullshit. I want to be in the tip tip chicken club. Bullshit. No, no, Don't give me the no, crap. No drugs. I want to be in the tip tip You think I'm funny, huh? You think I'm funny? If someone tells you that drugs are very cool, tell them I don't need them, I don't wanna be a fool. Could I speak to the drug dealer of the house, please? I got myself, that's okay with me. Come on, don't bullshit me. Stop laughing!
That's a catchy tune. Uh, Is that a, uh, a, a, on, a, on, on Hillary's uh, 2016 campaign? Uh, not yet. <laughs> well, I my mom got a mailer for Hillary's campaign, and the headline was... Are you ready for Hillary? <laughs> it was kind of funny. Like, they were, like, psyching us up or something. Like, get ready! I was not. I am not ready for Hillary. And uh, I, I'm wondering what kind of cheesy songs her campaign is going to come up with. Like the famous, Hillary for you and me. Something democracy or something. I don't know. They rhyme something ridiculous. Pretty soon we're just all going to be in FEMA camps. <laughs> yeah, those, um, the Hillary uh, backers were really lame in 2008. It was like, uh, um, I mean, for what it's worth, all the cool people were behind Obama. Yeah. And I mean, not just like Hollywood people or whatever like just all the it was a pretty clear you know div, div, division like stodgy authoritarian morons were the ones behind hillary and now i mean there's there's no like real alternative like obama i don't think yeah i mean people should start stepping up right around now anyway where is anybody who's gonna step up if they're going to I don't know. Who's going to? I don't know. Nobody. Nobody. (laughs) What do you think Elizabeth Warren is going to run or something? Mm. Who else? I mean, is there anyone else that's even plausible? That would be nice. You know, a choice of between Hillary and Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, I, I mean... Uh, now Elizabeth Warren is someone who says the right things as she's running who just got through the Senate right but like Obama wasn't nearly as good of a president as he claimed to be he was still better than that you know ridiculous uh, fascist George W. Bush but you know he wasn't really that good Over, I mean you know pretty mediocre and uh, Elizabeth Warren says the same kind of stuff, like, but not even with the same conviction that Obama said it. Like, mm. do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how would she not be a really establishmenty president? You know, another Harvard professor. Well, I guess, you know, it's just, it's just like, it, I don't know how it, it, it really makes. I mean, I really like what she does. She says economically. Um, and I think she's she's right about a lot of stuff. She's one of the more prominent people willing to say the truth about the way the economy's been rigged for the one percent. That you know, uh, market fundamentalism plus the way the market's fixed. Um, uh, it's it, you know, it really comes down to you know, shoddy crony capitalism that we're living under. And uh, you know, someone like Paul Krugman or something can explain that. But this is a woman who's actually in politics. Um, but then again. This stupid woman was basically just shilling for Israel in that Gaza um, uh, war recently. This stupid, stupid, 
stupid woman. Like if she if she if she's so she's she says the right things about economics, but I mean Obama never said anything this obnoxious in his. I mean I don't know if Hillary has. I mean Hillary's terrible, right? Like she does, but but I mean, um, uh, these quote. From the Huffington Post, quote, the Israeli military has the right to attack Palestinian hospitals and schools in self-defense if Hamas has put rocket launchers next to them, Senator Elizabeth Warren said last week at a local town hall. Warren, in defending her vote to send funds to Israel in the middle of its war with Hamas, says she thinks civilian casualties are, the quote, the last thing Israel wants, unquote, unquote. Um, that's horseshit. That's not true. That's not the last thing they want, right? I, I, that's absolutely not the last thing they want. That that's a that's a lie. You know what I mean? That's a total lie. That's not a, a different political opinion. That's shilling and lying. Do you think there are some candidates that would speak up? No one has shilled the way Elizabeth Warren did. There. Yeah. That is that is just in the tank bullshit. You know. What about against Israel? You're not going to find people that are, um, forget against Israel. You're not even going to find mainstream American politicians right now right. who are willing to even be even-handed uh, with the Israelis and Palestinians. The Israelis are the occupiers. The Israelis in this Gaza war were largely the aggressors. Israel is the country that has Western funds, Western weapons, um, but, and yet they act like they're sanctimonious victims. You know, the, the act is wearing thin. Stupid people are still, like, basically being sold the, 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 the story, the Zionist, you know, lies. Um, the whole tale about uh, uh, the, the need to steal land from Arabs because of crimes by Europeans. Like, basically, people, first of all, Israel isn't really directly connected to the Holocaust. There was a Zionist movement a long time before that. And uh, the uh, founding of Israel was in 47, 48. The Holocaust went from what, the late 30s until 45. They're not really connected directly. There's there's a lot of historical currents that line up, you know, um, uh, on the timeline. And there, but, but the actual founding of Israel is not, you know, it, 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 that's just a, a, a simplification by stupid westerners who don't who don't know the the nuances of what happened like there was there was a war there were there was a there was this uh a war um with other arabs in palestine in 47 to 48 and then 48 to 49 they fought a war against the neighbors and that was basically the uh you know between those two wars they declared the founding of the state of israel and so history is just so much more complicated than people want to say Young I don't give a fuck! 
and now we have four, five, or six reported deaths that Fox News is counting. What we're talking about is hey. question. Why hasn't the Justice Department... No, 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 no. Hold on a second, Horace Cooper. Everything you just said seems to me to be circumstantial or, or you know, a, a report not quite clear. In the case that Mr. Board is discussing, the man videotaped it. No, I'm her talking oh, about no. it using... Is this the person, is, is this the person I just call him on the guys at Bart? Watch and see. even, you know, sort of saying Watch blacks aren't having benefited from evolution. The I absolute don't understand how is that contrary to what she's saying when she says this case has been served up to the government as an example of a hate crime. Without stripping Stupid disgusting index finger on it. That's why I had to watch it thoroughly when I got back. Uh -huh. 